And one of my favorite examples is pawing. It's one that a lot of people have trouble with with their horse either in a stall or waiting to be tacked up. You know, they just stand there and they paw. It's annoying uh, if you have allergies. Here we get a lot of dust when they're pawing. Nobody likes pawing. And a lot of times people will try to stop the horse from doing it by correcting them. So they might yell at them. They might try to startle them. They might pop them, you know, with a whip just to tell them, no, don't paw. And I've noticed from people doing this for years is that it just never works. As soon as they're out of sight, as soon as they're too far away to get to the horse, the horse goes back to pawing because the pawing was never really addressed. They just tried to stop the behavior. And we've learned here is that we can just teach an incompatible behavior. So we don't need to do anything. The horse paws, we just ignore it. And instead, we try to think of what can I teach them so that they'll have to do something else. So I usually do backing because it's very easy to do a step or two of back. The hoof is going the opposite direction of pawing. And when they do it, they're finding a way to get a reward or attention from me that's not destructive. And eventually, their first thought is, I'm impatient. I would like attention now. Let me take a step back and try this. You know, you can try other behaviors too. It doesn't have to be backing. But it's just replacing it with something that you like. I love teaching backing. I need them to use backing a lot. It helps a lot for their muscling. So it's very useful to have backing. And again, it gets rid of the pawing. And I just, the pawing, I don't ever address it. It just disappears. Yeah. It's like magic. Less than well, yeah. And another thing is like, you know, people don't like when their horse um, gets their head up high and maybe if you're standing next to your horse and that the horse might actually hit you with the head. So you could teach the horse to um, lower their head on you. And then if the horse gets, you know, excited about something and you're worried about, you know, where their head is, you can just ask them to lower their head and there you go. Yeah, and it's it's super useful. And then, you know, it ties back into what the horses have taught us. Well, right there in that scenario, they've taught us problem solving. And since we're using positive reinforcement, that problem solving has been nonviolent. We didn't use any force. And we still got the same result. And on top of getting the same result, it's just not its not as frustrating. You're in a different frame of mind when you're using force, I think, anyway. So it's a lot more relaxing. You just think of it as like, oh, this is a fun problem. How can I solve it? Yeah. And I think a lot of the nice times that when we've been taught that we have to use force to get our way, we're taught that if the horses have a choice, if the horses don't do what we want immediately, if they don't submit to us, then they're going to just either run away with us or run us over or, you know, that we'll just be completely out of control. In truth, we actually have, uh, we're safer and we have more power to uh, control the situation by having the horses work with us, by having the horses actually want to do what we want, not because they're afraid, but because they know that they're going to get something out of it. That's such a good point. Yeah, I've got a good example of that. Um, and, and it was a situation where the horse I felt was actually in pain. My horse, Ringo, I wanted to clean his eyes because they had gotten pretty gunked up. And but every time I went to put my hand on his face, he would throw my hand away. He would toss his head and throw my hand away. Now, obviously, that's a behavior I don't want. And he's always kind of been face sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a rescue he's horse. Okay. But, um, but obviously he was feeling pain in his face that day. And we, by the way, we did check it later in the week with an osteopath, and he had all kinds of issues with the pole in his face. So he had every reason to be throwing my hand away.
But I, th- I, I could have stopped there or I could have put the halter on and said, no, let me hold your head. I'm going to get this eye clean. And, you know, it would be just an awful situation. We'd be fighting each other. And I would not be recognizing that he had an issue. And so I thought, well, okay, how can I get to the right answer? How can I get him to do what I want? And so I started holding the uh, the wet cloth near near his head, and I clicked and treated every time he got close or touched the cloth. And after a little bit of time, uh, maybe 10 minutes, he eventually reached over and rubbed his face against the cloth. And he's, he's really good at it now. It was his behavior. He recently pre-shaved it. I really remember the I could do that, but he did it on his own terms where he didn't feel like someone was going to hurt him. And if it did hurt, he could say, no, I'm done. I can't do that. But now, like you said, you bring a cloth up oh, to his face. Right. He's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, so we got to the right answer, and there was no stress involved, and I didn't have to force him. I didn't have to feel like I was in control. Actually, he was in control. Well, and you can feel so much better about how you ended that session. You know, you yeah. didn't end having forced him no. to allow this, which would obviously your next time you'd be like, well, I want you less by my head. <laughs> I don't want to conceive. You're going to force me to something I don't like. He made it into something he actually liked. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. trust me, you see him do it. He doesn't look bothered at all. He's yeah. very enthusiastic. Yes. He helps you rub. I mean, it's yeah. hilarious. So that was like what we call extinction, right? I mean, that, that head tossing and, head, and throwing my hand. He doesn't do that now. If I come with the right um, well, so now extinction, we usually, um, I mean, you extinguished it, but you didn't use extinction. Okay, extinction right. usually it, it refers to, um, okay, so say that you are feeding a horse, mm-hmm. and then you stop without any reason. So then the horse is going to try, so they, back to the pawing example, so yeah, they might paw to get more food. Okay, so when you ignore that pawing, then you ignore them. They get a little bit more upset. They get a little bit more anxious. They'll try more things. Why isn't it working? Right. Yes. So that they might like, you know, if they're in the stall, they might bang things. You it gets know, louder. Gets you more know, obnoxious. Uh, until they they get a response, and if they don't get a response, they will eventually give up. But it goes through this this emotional piece where we try to avoid the stress of extinction. And one really one accidental reward on your part to say you one time went to feed and the horse didn't paw and you're you're tossing out feed to everyone so you're in a hurry you go ahead and toss the food that'll just reignite it and start the frustration over all over again so (laughs) exactly and then they have to go all through that emotional stress until they finally give up and again what you did wasn't leading to him giving up it was leading to him winning because he got to learn a behavior which he enjoyed so it's so yes and and you use positive reinforcement to actually avoid the um, to avoid the anxiety of the extinction process uh, so that you could teach him a behavior that he could do easily yeah. because you, you started with the easiest possible uh, pieces so you shape that behavior um, and so and so this is a case where you know um, people don't realize that when we tell our horses no, how much it affects us, you know, when that that uh, burst of of um, kind of 
saying no, and sometimes we might, you know, defend ourselves. Um, you know, so so these things they they don't help our relationship with our horse. They actually make them afraid of what do they do to get that kind of reaction, and and they get worried about it. So so the more times that instead of getting upset, like you did great, you didn't react adversely to him throwing his head up. You said, what can I do to, you know, help him here? And then you gave him something to do that was easy and he could walk away, he could come back, he could do it on his own terms. And you got an even better result yeah. than better had, than, I expected. Yeah, <laughs> than had yeah. you been pushy and said, you're going to do this now. Yeah. You know, and so often when we do uh, pressure our horses into things, again, it doesn't matter if we we hit them or not. It, I mean, well, it does matter, but like sure, in this yeah. case, let's you know, not. But yeah, yeah, just assume that you're just like not going to give up until you get this done. Yes, and you may not use violence, but you just use that pressure that wear them down. A pressure like yeah. I'm going to get this. You know, yeah. we're going to get this done. Well, that has consequences. Like, you know, I my personal horse, um, you know, I've, we've been together for 14 years, and, you know, there have been times where I've pressured her into doing things, and again, I didn't hit her or anything like that, but I was just like, we're going to do this now. It doesn't matter if you don't want to do this. I don't want to do this either, because a lot of times it had to do with work. I'm like, we're going to go here, we're going to do this, and I just need your help, and it sucks, I'm sorry. But what happened in the process of ignoring her emotional needs and her worries about what we're doing is I created a situation where, you know, now when she's exposed to, you know, things out of the ordinary, she wonders, is this going to suck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. she's like, I don't know which person am I dealing with, the person <laughs> that gives me choice or the person that says, we're going to do it no matter what, because I don't really like the person that says we're going to do it no matter what. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go back to what you were just saying about uh, not saying no. Uh, and, and that's really helped me, again, with their teaching the therapeutic uh, writing students, because I can guarantee you some of these kids that have behavioral issues, you tell them not to do something, and that's exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> so we have to be more creative to say, okay, what is it I don't want them to do? All right, let's redirect and let's do what I do want them to do. And uh, so you give them a reason and give them rewards for doing that, and they forget that they didn't want to do something else. Yeah, I think it's back to the finding yeah. something not compatible yeah. so that you find something that yeah. you can get them to do that's not compatible with what you don't want them to yes. do. Yes. And yeah. just kind of slowly guide them in that direction. Yeah. And everyone is happy. It's good. Well, the great thing about behavioral science and learning theory is it works for people and yeah. horses, and uh, they even train butterflies. So, right. yeah, which I think is so great when you're doing these lessons with adults and kids because you're learning problem solving in a nonviolent way that's so much more beneficial to use in your life. You know, you can't, if you learn, if your horse doesn't move, you hit it. You can't really take that to the workplace. No, you, can't, you can't take that to the play yard. You're going to get in trouble. It's not actually what you want to be learning how to push people around. You want to instead be a good leader and learn how to, you know, how can you help them get to where you want to be. It makes you much more aware of where they're yeah. coming from, whether they're humans or animals, and how you can help them get there. You read their body language, but it also makes you much more aware. Well, the other thing is that you learn that behavior 
every behavior has a function for the individual. And by looking at that, looking at behavior as what is the function of his behavior, what does the individual gain, or what do they avoid, then instead of just labeling like our horses mean or angry or ornery or just, you know, butthead. Yes. <laughs> well, that's too. But, you know, instead of using those labels and just, you know, ending your problem solving right there, like, oh, they're never going to change, they're just a butthead. And uh, instead, we can, we can say, okay, so in this case, what does the horse get out of this? You know, what, what is the benefit to them? Or what are they avoiding? And then we can try to make a change. We can, we can problem solve. And that's where we have the real power. Oh, I think that's so true. And I think that we've noticed a lot of the times with our clients, if we have them step back and stop using words, you know, oh, my horse is so pushy and annoying and they're mugging me. And we're like, stop using the words and just think of what is it you want and why are they doing what you don't want and let's just problem solve. And it's just so much nicer. And once they stop labeling, you know, they can look at them in a different light. Because a lot of times the horse, like you said, they're just trying to get something they want and we can help them find a different way. I mean, this I all think you had a example of that with, with one of your students, a 12-year-old girl. That, um, that where she um, that she made the choice not to ride that day because as she was getting the horse ready that she um, she could tell that there was something wrong. Oh, yeah. So horse. instead of just saying that the horse grumpy was grumpy, what's wrong with her? Yeah, she noticed that the horse was actually looking. Uh, but whenever she'd go to brush one side, that the, the horse would move away. So instead of just thinking, ah, oh, this, this horse is just being bad, being yeah. annoying, yeah. 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 but she's like, I think that, you know, she's maybe uncomfortable here, and we kind of felt around a little bit, and, um, yeah, her, she had, had a rib that was causing her pain, and we had to have the osteo cut down, so, so that's definitely true, that's, that's an instance where looking past the label, and actually taking a look at what are the, what is the behavior, what are the specific behaviors, the observable behaviors, then that gives us a chance to actually to fix the problem, to go to the root of the problem instead of just being stuck on, you know, my horse is bad today. Yeah, and I think that's so great to have a student learning here. Yeah. You know, they're learning to listen, to think it through a little more as opposed to, you know, oh, that's being bad. Push them over, make them do it. We're getting on. So yeah. hold this yeah. horse, whatever we gotta do, we're gonna we're gonna ride. You know, the kid made the decision to say wait, maybe something's not right. They wanted to listen and took that away as opposed to being disappointed in the horse and wanting to make it happen. You know, I've been teaching for so many years that I've actually seen horses where I, I've worked with them and I've told their owners, like, I think that there's something wrong, you know, physically that the horse is having some trouble uh, performing whatever you're asking, you know, with like um, maybe they were dropping on their shoulder and uh, a turn or something and I would you know maybe lost track of these people but I, I would hear from them years later and like oh yeah well I ended up that I had to retire that horse because you know he ended up having arthritis and in his you know left uh, fetlock or whatever and I was like wow so you know I get to actually see that there is an end result here to unaddressed issues so 
person. They're not listening to the pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just trying to ride through it. That's not the answer. So yeah, so it's actually, it is in our favor, even though sometimes you might think, no, I only have tonight to go for a ride. This is my one chance of the week. I've been working so hard all week. And then, and then you can't, but you know, in the end, it, if the horse doesn't feel good and if they're not into it, is it really going to be rewarding for you? Is that a true partnership? Yeah, and I think it all it goes to the issue of giving up that control. It's a scary thing to give up the control, but we found that when we give up the control, it, you know, feeling like we need to be in control all the time, it opens up tons of possibilities. It actually increases the quality of the participation by the horse. Yeah. And they it's, come to the party. Yeah, <laughs> which, and I mean, literally, they you go out there, you call them, you know, they know their names. The downside is sometimes you get some extras yeah. when you call them to come in, because everyone wants to come in, but it's just, it's more fun, you know, when you go to get them, they're there waiting for you, they self-halter, if you even put a halter on, but if you don't put a halter on, or, you know, because we're on the property, we're fenced in, that's fine, too, because they'll follow you. If someone else is doing clicker training in the yard, not a problem. They're focused on you. They take, you know, you can take them all across the farm without any form of force, and they're just happy to be there with you. Yeah. And it's just so much nicer to have that experience as opposed to dragging them out of the barn, chasing them down to the pasture. It's just well, my horse, she likes to try to convince me to play in the evenings, even though I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, I don't want to work. <laughs> I mean, I want to get things done, but I don't want to actually do the physical work. I don't want to move it that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like, she's like staring at me, you know, <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, just get in the yard, just go, read, just go eat some grass, and then, and then she like follows me around, she's like, I'm just here, just in case you want to do something. So yeah, I've, I've actually, I actually have uh, experience where my horse is the one who is just, come on, you can do this, you can do this, yeah. mom, come on. Well, and I think you inadvertently bring up a good point. Your horse, you know, if you let her in the yard, she's in quite a big green space. We've got tons of grass as well as an assortment of other things you can get into. And we've noticed that after a certain amount of time of clicker training, you know, a couple months in, it doesn't matter that the grass is out there. They're focused on what we're doing. They're not focused on just eating. They want to participate in the learning process. They start to really get a reward from figuring things out. So it's no longer just the food. And even when we're using the food and the click, if we take away the clicks, we need them to say we're teaching a behavior and we want them to add a little more, well, they do the initial behavior, we still give them a treat, but not the click, because we want something else, they will keep trying, because the, the click, you know, they need the click, too, because they want to learn more, and when they get that finished behavior and they get the cue, it's, I mean, they just, yeah. they're ready to do it, they'll toss it out there, you know, they're like, here we go, do you want this, here it is, I can do it, you know, it doesn't matter, they have food around, we're never training in a food-free environment, they always have grass available, they have hay available, so it's not just a, oh, well, they're just doing it for the food. No, they have plenty of food. We feed them often before we mess with them. Yeah. You know, they've always had breakfast. Some of them get extra food because we don't want them to be hungry at all because yeah. they get a little anxious, so it's really, it really is not just for the food in this scenario. No, and the treats that we use now, they're really low value. I mean, come on, they're just eight pellets. Oh, yeah. I mean, and a lot of times they won't even eat them in the stall. You know, they're they're just like... Because it's part of the game. Yeah, then they're they're into it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So you put it in a bucket and they'll just leave it. Or, you know, if they're in the yard and you give them a bucket every day, like, 
okay, well, what are you about to do? Are you doing something else? Where are you going? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? So we have gotten to the point where the horses definitely participate for the sake of participating. We still have the food. We don't take the food out. Um, you know, sometimes we might use scratches as another reward. We might use a behavior they like a yes. lot as a reward, yes. but we're still using the food. And, you know, despite what a lot of people seem to think about food, yes. we don't have the treats. There's just not really any issue. The horses aren't just in it for the treats. They're not bitey because of the treats. They've actually become more respectful. Yeah, because they learned when they're being fed. Yeah, before they would just get fed every now and then and someone would you know, improperly feed, and they would get taught, you know, come really close to me, get in my pockets, <laughs> oh, how cute, because I'm only doing it for a second, and now they've learned how to stand not too close, how to not, you know, get into our space to get the treat, they don't try to get into the treat bag, so it's funny, because they, they're better around food from all the time we spent working with them. Yeah, we actually have several horses that were uh, aggressive about food. Oh, yeah. And, and we wouldn't have their owners treat feed up. We no, were like, no, 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 exactly. don't get any treats out. You know, before we really exactly. learned how to use food, we didn't want the food around these horses exactly. because it was just, it was impossible. Yeah, Pe Peggy Hogan really helped us get a good uh, baseline for, like, this is how to handle food. And, and it, it does make a difference, you know, yeah, even working with multiple horses around food which you think oh they're gonna fight each other like yeah oh, they learn like oh if I go and do this I'm gonna get my treats over here but you know you can work with multiple horses around food yeah I know it is really impressive how well it works and that really any problems that you have with it is usually just a lack of education um, but once you learn it it's just it's so nice and I personally even if the horse was just in it for the food, I would be okay with that to know that it was that yeah. instead of just being in it to not get hit. Yeah. You know, because yeah. otherwise, what are they in it for? So they're not way down pleasant. Exactly. I'd rather have them in it for something pleasant, you know. I, mean, I, I want a friend that is pleasant to be around, not one that bosses me around and forces me to hang out. Yeah. And I think it's my kidding. Same with the horses. 
you know, are doing it for not just the treats. There's other things yeah. that can motivate us. Often those things include food, yeah. money, or experiences, yes. courses. You know, they kind of evolve from just the food to the experience, yes. exactly. to building a positive association around us in general, yes. where being around us equals in their mind good things it's no longer okay that's the person that's gonna force me to do something whether it's something as simple as trim on my hooves or a shot or maybe it's a trail ride I didn't actually want to go on because I don't like exercising that much away from my friends you know it's all kind of changing the so that they want to be around us yeah so what did we learn from horses learn well I just I'm just much more open. Yeah, problem solving and being more creative and problem solving problem and patience. And uh, I'd say with positive reinforcement, we've really learned how to focus on what's going right instead of what's going wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and I would say honestly, the better lessons are probably learned with positive reinforcement courses because I don't feel like the lessons I learned using force were actually that valuable. They were just what I was told was correct, what everyone else was doing. And while I did learn to do things, it didn't have the same result that I feel like I have now with positive reinforcement and it's not as it's not as rewarding. Yeah, before you did things because if you're gonna be around horses you have to do this. Yeah, you have yeah. to do it like this and you know a lot of pseudoscience that suggested <laughs> this was how horses would think about it and then later I thought about it outside of being told it yeah. it's like actually that doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> you know if, yeah. if a, you know, a tiger was in a pen chasing a horse around the horse would not eventually think I am a tiger too and we're friends so like, <laughs> now it would still hate the tiger but it's not a thing so you kind of I don't know it's, it's a lot more of the learning I feel like has come with positive reinforcement. And I mean, they've still been learning as far as observing horses together and horse psychology, but the training, I feel like, has been most helpful learning through the positive reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely learned how to make sense of people now. Yes. <laughs> Why do they do What's that? What's the motivator? Yeah. How can I use positive reinforcement here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not label it. Just right. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, not going to label this. Yeah, when I was a when I was a, a manager uh, many many years ago, I would think about the round pen work and like, okay, I'm in the round pen. Where's my whip? I can't, you know, can't can't force these people with the whip, but it's so much easier. Yeah, now you now you know that it's actually not easier. No, there is an easier it's way not to do it. Long lasting. Yeah, it's yeah. not long lasting either. And as soon as you're not there, it's not happening. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a lot a lot more to be learned. I feel like positive reinforcement. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, hopefully you'll catch us next week. And, of course, find us online. We've got our Instagram, equestrian underscore zen. Also, of course, facebook.com slash equestrian. And we have our website, joyfulhorse.com. You can connect with us on any of those. We love uh, comments and questions. And we'd love for you to join our discussion and training groups on Facebook. So be sure to look us up on all those.